From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. We are still around, still here to talk to you football, basketball, everything dogs. Mark Weiser with Ryan Dennis. Ryan, we had like a two-month hiatus, which I thought might have been maybe a month between Ryan's vacation and mine. And then, Ryan, why don't you explain what else has led to the podcast being away? I mean, there's a lot of factors in this, I feel like. But essentially, we had to uh, move our studio, so... Uh, we're still getting that equipment set up, so we're having to take alternative action here. And doing this uh, through the computer takes us back to uh, kind of COVID times when we couldn't see each other and we had to do it through the computer. But I think we have a little more advanced technology here than we had two years ago. So hoping that uh, this sounds okay to everybody out there. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back, though. It has been a while. I think it was uh, what early June last time I got to uh, talk to you. By the way, Ryan, you are sitting a hot bar by saying that we're actually going to get through uh, the technology of this whole podcast, but hopefully uh, by the time this uh, ends, uh, you don't have too many dips of sound or uh, somebody dropping off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, while, we were going, while we were gone, those were, uh, those were some quaint times. Uh, Southern Cal and UCLA uh, suddenly are, are going to the Big Ten. There's much to talk about, starting with Kirby Smart getting paid, uh, the Bulldogs I believe they still have the number three recruiting class, although I think Alabama might have got another commitment today. Oof. And, uh, you know, even there, even uh, number three, Georgia had some big, big high-profile guys going elsewhere. There. And, and uh, I mean, it's just Thursday. But, uh, Ryan, I know you're going to – actually, it's going to be open for, uh, you know, a couple periods, I think, so that the – the uh, media can, can take a gander at the Bulldogs. Well, I don't know if you're going to be out there or not, but um, uh, if you were, I know you'd be uh, looking closely at that punter position. Yeah, I think you dropped off there just for just for a second, but you said that practice starts on Thursday. I know we'll uh, get to talk to the media. Uh, but, yeah, punter, I mean, is that uh, – are we going to have an Australian punter on the uh, Georgia football team? Is that what it's looking like? Uh, you'll have to read the uh, online Athens for details on that. I'm not going to – mentioned the punting position this early in the podcast and just lose uh, some, some listeners, but uh, let's mention right off the top here some sad news uh, today. Uh, former Georgia running back Lars Tate died overnight after uh, being, not, being diagnosed with stage 3 throat cancer in the last month. He was down in St. Petersburg, Florida and, uh, you know, I don't know if he has the same name recognition uh, with this generation as the Herschel Walkers, the Todd Gurley's the Nick Chubbs, but uh, Ryan, you know, as a guy that grew up on Georgia football, what, what did that name mean for you? Yeah, you know, I was talking with a colleague of ours earlier today. I mean, that was a name that stuck with you, I think, because of its name. He, he uh, you know, if you go to your article at onlineathens.com, you talk about how that shadow of Herschel was looming over him when he came into the, to the program. And, I mean, obviously, you follow up a Herschel Walker, how could that shadow not be over you? But 
he had some great seasons as, as a uh, Georgia Bulldog and, you know, probably didn't get the recognition he deserved. You know, you had Rodney Hampton came in near the end of it. You had uh, Tim Worley. I mean, you had all these great names. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, around him as he was a, a Bulldog. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, easy to see why he could be in kind of in the shadow. But uh, he was kind of the, 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 you know, part of that great Bulldog running back uh, position from Herschel till, you know, you name it, through the 90s, Garrison Hurst on up through the uh, 2000s with the, uh, you know, uh, Musa Smith, no Sean Moreno's, yeah, you, you name it. I mean, he was a, he was a Bulldog legend and, uh, and should be recognized as so. Yeah, that uh, wouldn't surprise me if Kirby uh, mentions uh, Laura's name from the podium on Thursday to just kind of right. uh, you know recognize him. And I, I think uh, Del McGee already tweeted out something today, uh, you know, about uh, RBU and that Laura's part of that uh, legacy. Um, as as we move on to uh, today's team and today's college football, um, I did fill out a top twenty-five ballot for the AP over the weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till we get closer to that poll. I think it comes out in a couple of weeks before. Uh, maybe talking about where I had Georgia in my poll. Um, I did uh, take in a Braves game over the weekend, Ryan. I don't know if you saw my, my tweet. I need to ask you, uh, Harry Dog, uh, he was there for a mascot party. Uh, are you a Harry Dog guy? Is that is that your uh, – are you more, uh, you know, with with the Atlanta Hawk mascot, Blue Bar? Um, you know, where, where do you stand on Harry Dog? I know Uga, of course, is royalty, but where, where does I mean, Harry you're talking about, you're talking about, like, uh, you know, has to wear a costume mascot, I, I assume, not not real-life mascot. I mean, to me, right now, Blooper takes the cake. I mean, that guy, I think he was kind of frowned upon. I mean, guy, gal, I don't know, what is Blooper? But when the mascot came into the, you know, fold a few years back with the Braves, I feel like he was called a uh, fanatic ripoff, you know, and not getting much praise, but he has a uh, interesting Twitter account and is, uh, is pretty funny, a kind of a unique character with some of the things he does. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hairy dog guy, I guess, but, uh, I'll take him over Spike. That thing's kind of scary. Don't you think? <laughs> well, I thought Spike had disappeared because I hadn't seen him for a while and then he, he did reappear, uh, you know, um, so, uh, he, he's still out there for, for better or worse. I'm pretty uh, sure I've seen kids cry uh, when Spike approached before, and you know I don't know if that's yeah, a good thing. I can't say that I know that I follow any mascot Twitter accounts. You might have me there, Ryan. So uh, give Blooper a follow. Had, he's, he's funny. If I, if I had a Twitter account, I would follow him probably. But um, we'll see. Uh, you know, if Blooper is the uh, trade deadline uh, biggest get for for the Braves <laughs> or. Uh, they got Jago Rizzi yesterday, and uh, I think Robbie Grossman was it. Um, maybe they're, they're pulling a trade right now. Is, is the deadline for? I think, I think it's before it's coming up. Uh, as we, we record this, about three fifteen or, or so. Right. Uh, now, I sit down with Mike White, the uh, new Georgia men's basketball coach, yesterday. Go check out that story uh, for subscribers at onlineathens.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, we usually have some really great deals. Uh, to do that, um, you know, special deal for the first six months, that kind of thing. Um, Ryan, are you, uh, which, we're not going to spend too much time with football on the horizon right here, but, um, you know, how do you feel about Mike White and George basketball now versus, uh, say, three and a half months ago, whatever it was when he was hired? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm still, 
I'm still deciding. I feel like, you know, I, I wrote that column about uh, Jonas Hayes. I thought would be a good fit. I, I still think that would have been a good call. I mean, you're, you're starting fresh with a, with a, a former Georgia player who's been successful. As far as an assistant coach, uh, of course, he ended up at Georgia State after all was said and done. You know, as far as, uh, you know, bringing kids in, I feel like Mike White's uh, done a pretty good job uh, in the transfer portals and bringing in junior college and, and whatever else needs to be done. And from what I could tell, he's bringing in some pretty good names as far as uh, high school kids and whatnot coming to campus. Uh, I believe it was, a, who was it, Edwin James' son? Does that sound right? Was on campus the other day. Uh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know how he is as a basketball player, honestly, but uh, it, it seemed like he was getting, uh, you know, he's a four-star recruit type of deal. But I, I guess I'll fully uh, determine when the season starts, you know, see how Mike White handles the guys that stayed around, uh, the Akendos, uh, Bridges, and all those guys, and, uh, you know, fully evaluate him when the season starts. I, I mean, not mincing words, I think it's an upgrade from where they were. Uh, and we'll see uh, what he can do with this team. I think they should be better, but, um, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure yet. Now, are you taking a shot at a former uh, – Hey, I didn't Bulldog say his name. Guest, former Bulldogs Extra podcast guest, Tom Cree. <laughs> now, you know, tell Mike White uh, – I, I, we actually haven't invited him yet, but when, when he joins us, if he joins us on the podcast, maybe then we'll you know, can reevaluate. That's always – one of the factors, you know, if you're going to make such a claim as you just did. Uh, Ryan, SEC Media Days, you were there as well in Atlanta a couple of weeks back uh, at the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, we'll talk about what I was going to ask you regarding uh, an aspect of SEC football, but uh, just what do you think of Atlanta or Hoover? I mean, you preferred Atlanta, obviously, a quick drive, but mm -hmm. which setup do you like better? Um. I like the Atlanta. I mean, that to me, that's just uh, it. I don't know. Some about the uh, the the aura, the surroundings of you know, you feel like you're in some type of college football mecca, right? You walk in, the helmets are on the wall there, and the lighting's better. I'll be honest, uh, in the main area. Um, but again, you know, uh, I didn't spend a week there uh, last week. I just came for Georgia's day because it was a quick ride over. Whereas in the past, I know we both spent a week, you know, at the media days in Hoover, which um, uh, I don't know. It, to me, I, I like Atlanta uh, and, and par it's partly bias being from the area and, and from Athens and being able to just drive over for one day if we needed to. So uh, do you have a preference? I mean, do you like going out and spending a, a week in Hoover? I mean, I'm a creature of habit. I'm kind of used to Hoover. Um, uh the, the setup there, I think, is a little bit better. It's it's more, um, you know, contained. There's not, like, split between the hotel mm. and um, the college football home. I mean, and you, you mentioned the, the lighting. I mean, I think that's – I mean, they can, they can light it however they want. I mean, they could brighten it up in Hoover also. I think the thing's going to be moving around. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard an update on that, but there was some speculation when, once um, Texas and Oklahoma joined that this thing might go to, like, Jerry World. And I don't think that would be – you know, in Dallas, I don't think that would be great. Since you know so much of the media is is obviously closer to, to Birmingham or, or Atlanta, but that would be a way to kind of say, hey, with a new 16 team, or by then maybe it's 20 or 18 teams. Who knows? But um, you know, I feel like they they uh, they kind of do themselves no favors if they do that, right? I mean, because uh, I don't think anybody would be happy about that except for maybe the the 
the Austin newspaper or something, you know. Uh, I, I feel like they have a good thing going either in Atlanta or Hoover because it is more of a central location. So why why take that and do something with it? You know, to me, it's like uh, having the SEC basketball tournament in Tampa or St. Louis. Uh, it's just not a good fit. Right, who is the second best team in the SEC East? Okay, so there have been a lot of debate on that, right, in the past uh, few weeks. Is it is it Tennessee? Is it Florida? Uh, South Carolina, maybe even? But to me, is Kentucky not getting overlooked? They've been so steady uh, under Stoops the past, what, 10 years, really. And uh, he's built them a pretty good program up there. And, and I, think, I think Kentucky is just waiting under the – you know, under the wings and, and just kind of under the radar and uh, are, are taking it all in and saying, you know what, uh, we're going to prove some people uh, that we are the second best team this fall. Now that they're getting underlooked, I mean, they, they edged out Tennessee, I believe, for number two in the media voting. Um, I had Tennessee number two. I think I might have had them number two last year and that didn't happen. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm impressed with what, what they're doing there in the post-Jeremy Pruitt um, you know, era, um, you know, under Josh Heupel, and I thought, you know, for a couple series there, a couple series there, they gave Georgia, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, like, oh, we're not necessarily going to, you know, kick someone's butt right away. We got to, we got to work a little harder. Um, we'll see what happens this time around. Speaking of Jeremy Pruitt, though, we're going to do a little trouble um, with uh, the NCAA. Did you hear that, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, no surprise, right? I don't know what you mean by that. I'm not aware of any major violations when he was in Georgia, so why, why would you uh, say that about him? But um, interesting thing about the violations, uh, many uh, multiple double-digit, uh, you know, major violations there, um, including the kind of the confirmation of the McDonald's uh, rumors that were going around that they were recruits were getting some extra benefits in, like, bags, uh, I guess it was. Well, that's what I meant by the no surprise was that rumor. I mean, you knew some would come down from that, right? Yeah. The interesting thing is that uh, his wife was implicated in uh, in violations uh, as well, and you know, in these, these paying of players. Um, do you think that uh, is that beyond the pale? Uh, is is Mary Beth uh, uh, smart? Is she? Uh, will we see her name show up somewhere, or do you think that she is on the straight and narrow? And uh, you know, this is a rare exception of a rogue uh, spouse in the SEC. Oh, I'm sure it happens all the time, and, and you know, I mean, but what what goes into that? Is it that uh, you know the the family had some players over and made dinner and slipped them a, a hundred dollar bill under the table? I mean, uh, what what was said about what his wife did uh, to to be implicated in all this? I don't know what the details. We have, I mean, I read about it at the time that Knoxville News Sentinel did some you know very thorough reporting. On the situation now the one thing we can say for sure is that um this is all pre-nil so you know coaches don't necessarily need to be doing these kind of things they can just get a booster to do it above board and legal through a collective uh you know right. or hire them hire hire as one of the i think it was a florida quarter florida quarterback told me uh you know he got a uh i can't remember the make and model but got a, a, a brand new car from a local dealership as part of his nil um, which is nice, right? Um, do they have that for sports writers as well? Yeah, that'd be nice to have. You know, I mean, I think that's what uh, the the way this NIL deal thing has, has gone is that, I mean, you're going to have every player, every five-star player driving a, you know, Camaro around campus from the same dealership, right? Uh, 
if if basically all they're doing is funneling uh, money from a car dealership or whatever to to these uh, players. I mean, that seems to be the way that coaches are getting around uh, some things as far as, as having an L NIL already set in place when a player gets on campus. All right, it's, it's about time that we talk about – well, actually, should we talk about this next topic or should we take a little break? What do you want to do as you are putting this production together? Yeah, let's take a little break. All right, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back with some more Bulldogs Extra. Well, it's a topic that never goes away. Uh, Georgia, Florida, in Jacksonville. Kirby Smart was asked by Tim Tebow at SEC Media Days. I don't know who might have kind of let uh, Tebow into this, but he said something to the effect of, hey, I heard you don't want to play this game in Jacksonville. Why do you why do you not, not like it? Why do you want to move it? Um, the question I have for you, Ryan, is why why is Kirby so into this topic? How much does that one game mean to him? Is it the difference between repeating as national champion? Is it the difference between three national titles in the next seven years versus two. I mean, uh, do you think we want to talk about this on Thursday? If not asked. Um, I don't know if he'll talk about it on Thursday, but uh, no, I mean, to me, it's not a great impact on, on rec recruiting. Was it one day every two years? I mean, to me, and, and if I was Josh Brooks, I feel like I'd, you know, be like, Kirby, let's uh, step back a little. I mean, the difference in what the athletic department gets because of the game being in Jacksonville, I mean, to me, it is is bigger than the one day a year to bring in recruits for the Georgia-Florida game. Because, I, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, Georgia still has its big-time games in Athens that it can host recruits. And, uh, I mean, maybe you start thinking about the Athens economy a little bit. Maybe that does bring in more money to the economy. Not that Kirby cares all that much about you know that really, but um, to me, I don't I don't see it making a difference as far as if Georgia wins three more national titles or four or you know two or one, whatever it is. I I, I don't think Kirby's losing a recruit because that game's in Jacksonville. Well, this year, for instance, Auburn, Tennessee are the biggest home games for Georgia. You know, it seems like every other year uh, fans are complaining about how how the how unattractive the, the home schedule is. Um, and obviously, if you had Florida there every other year, that would spice things up. And his point is that Alabama-Auburn is the biggest game on that schedule, and they have it on those campuses. Uh, you know, LSU Alabama has it on those campuses. Uh, but you, you, you hit the right point. I mean, it's the money difference. Um, you know, um, it's getting uh, the difference, you know, in the gate. Um, every year you get paid by Jacksonville, you only get paid, you know, once every two years, and, and, and you're, you're not taking as much as you would get in Jacksonville by a significant amount. So we'll see, uh, you know, 2025 is the contract if Georgia extended it, um, you know, took advantage of that option. Otherwise, it's through 2023, and it will be interesting. You know, is this a negotiating ploy? I, I don't necessarily think so, but it certainly doesn't hurt Georgia's position. And uh, we'll see how that thing plays out. Now, talking about recruiting, it's been so long since we podcast. I think it was Arch Manning announcing after we last podcast that he was going to Texas and Baron Haynes' son, Justice 
Justice Haynes, the running back, uh, going to Alabama. Mm -hmm. Georgia did get Penn State receiver Philip Yazid Haynes. Safety Caleb Downs is uh, an in-state guy that's coming to Georgia, he says. And they've been racking up the inside linebackers. Uh, got a commitment from a safety from Massachusetts where Louis Sine was a uh, high school player before he went to Texas. Uh, Aguilera, I believe it might be something like that pronounced. And then another big defense alignment from North Carolina, Jamal Jarrett. Um, so, I mean, do you think Luke's in these kind of – Justin Haynes is a guy that because of his name was kind of like, what, you know, why isn't he going to Georgia? And, and Arch Manning is obviously hyped up because of his name as well and obviously, you know, rated as either the number one or two prospect. Uh, how's recruiting going for Georgia, you think? Well, uh, it's certain parts good, certain parts bad. I think the Justin Haynes, Justice Haynes uh, part was uh, the biggest surprise. Yeah, like you said, I mean, P44 Haynes, right, as lives in Georgia Lord. His dad caught that pass against Tennessee. But uh, I think since his freshman year, I think it was at Blessed Trinity, now at Buford, I mean, he was, I think he was a, had a target, uh, you know, Georgia was going to be the place that he was going to end up because of uh, Georgia legacy and all. We don't know what Alabama did to swoop in and, and really make the pitch that, that got him to, to go there, other than they've had a history of uh, incredible running backs in the past 10 years especially. But, um, yeah, I think that was the biggest shock. Uh, Arch Manning, I'm not so sure that shocked as many people. I mean, it was down to Georgia or uh, Texas, and uh, he chose Texas ultimately. But, uh, you know, I I think Georgia's biggest thing right now is that they have lost several uh, Georgia, uh, you know, top 100 players in Georgia recently to, to other schools. And, uh, you know, is that a one-off just this year or are other schools doing something, uh, you know, intriguing to these recruits to get them to, to – choose out of state instead of staying with the Bulldogs, I think is uh, the biggest deal right now for Kirby to kind of analyze and wonder what's going on. All right, let's uh, go over briefly the uh, preseason All-SEC media picks. Brock Bowers, Warren McClendon, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo, and Kyrus Jackson, all first-teamers. Senator Van Pran Granger, Christopher Smith, second-teamers, uh, Kenny McIntosh, third-team. What do, you, what do you see there? You, you, you're on board with all those? Anyone missing? Oh, man. You just threw all those on me real fast. Uh, no, I mean, the first one, Brock Bowers, obviously a no-brainer. Uh, you know, uh, go down the line there. Uh, you know, when you think about, you know, Stetson Bennett still, you know, gets no respect, not a first, second, third team anywhere, not even a top 10 uh, SEC guy in some people's minds. So, um you know, he's just going to keep doing what he does. Um, of course, at linebacker, you know, it's funny. Last year, it seemed like every linebacker on the roster was going to be on some uh, list somewhere as a all-SEC player. Of course, got to start over fresh there. Uh, but I, I think they have some some great guys at, at linebacker. But, uh, you know, maybe it, maybe it's safety or something like that. You, you know, don't really know what you have, but you think you have some some good players back there. You know what, Ron, we, uh, the beat writers uh, in the SEC for Gannett, we did a uh, listing of top 10 quarterback or top 10 at every position. Mm -hmm. So I had to submit a list, and, and I had to say where I thought Stetson would rank. Um, just checking my email. I, I can't find it right now, but I think I had him like six, which might sound not great. But, I mean, it's, it's a very good 
uh, SEC quarterback list. Maybe I had a little higher even. I can't remember. Um, you know, you got your Will Levises. You got, uh, you know, Hendon Hooker. Uh, obviously, the Heisman winner from mm-hmm. Alabama. Um, and then you've got to kind of project about, you know, guys that are coming in, you know, the Oklahoma transfer going to South Carolina. Maybe I had him higher than six. I, I can get back to you on that. Uh, but my point is, um, I mean, he's certainly a top ten. I mean, I, I saw one list that was not – they didn't have him in the top ten, but they kind of made it to be like, well, this is not where they're, they are now. It's not where I think they're going to be at the end of the season, which is like, hmm. okay. okay. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, interesting that like uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, the inside linebacker, uh, he wasn't on the ballot, mm-hmm. and so the writers could, couldn't vote for him. But like he did show up, I think on um, one of the preseason, I guess the Buckus preseason watch list. You know, those are kind of all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bradley Jones. He made some preseason All SEC magazine picks, but he wasn't on on the the list of names that I presume Georgia submitted. So. We'll see. It doesn't matter. I we'll think he might be one of those, uh, if you were going to rank how they might end up at the end of the year, he might be a good candidate. Because he finished yeah, last yeah. year very strong. Right. Uh, a couple other things before we get out, some uh, some quick hitters. Uh, I guess get some quick commentary from Ryan. Um, Petros Kipriano is back in track and field college coaching at Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, do, what do you make of that? He uh, took a year away from college coaching, won a couple of natties at Georgia, and uh, was training Olympians and working in, I think, at a high school in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, what do you think? I mean, I don't make much of that. The first thing I thought of was, uh, remember he did that Route 66 adventure on his motorcycle a few years back? And he might have might have passed through uh, Champaign there. I don't know exactly where that route goes. But that was the first thing I, I thought of was, uh, you know, maybe he <laughs> passed that on his trip and, and liked it there. I mean, I think that's good for Illinois, uh, and uh, next week we'll break down the Illinois track roster. But, uh, I mean, I I think that would be a, a smart move for a track program looking to build on uh, anything it might have. All right, here's a breakdown of the Illinois track roster. <laughs> it's not what he had in Georgia. Yeah. And uh, he's got some rebuilding to do or, or building. Um, hey, make quick mention, you know, Scott Cochran, Georgia's uh, um, with the special teams put it out on July 4th that he was uh, one year sober. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kirby Smart, uh, you know, gave him props for, for you know, uh, his, uh, I guess, recovery and, um, you know, just sticking with it and, and overcoming, um, you know, those demons. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, unique situation to have a coach step away, but he's still uh, a guy that, that, players around the program are, you know, finding uh, motivation from, uh, you know, his words and probably his example in this case. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think they said last year he was stepping away for, you know, kind of a mental health uh, break. And I guess that was uh, one of the, or the big reason behind why he needed some time off. And uh, yeah, you know, that's always one of those things that uh, people are always pulling for you because it's always uh you know, if, if you've got an addiction to something, it's forever. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's gone one year uh, without it, uh, I'm sure it's just a uh, it's a, it's a great achievement for him. And I'm sure the team and Kirby and everybody else are, uh, you know, just supporting him and, and uh, hoping he can get back to, you know, to being uh, a, a great part of the team. Right, uh with expansion, uh, tell me uh, two teams you will add if you are the SEC commissioner. All right. 
call a Clemson and FSU. Nope. Yeah, you need to you need to expand the footprint. Now Clemson, I get that that that, that makes sense. Uh, I will say uh, you make a run at Notre Dame, mm. and uh, when they say no, uh, you go up by uh, Greg Sankey's uh, home area uh, and you get Syracuse. Syracuse, man. Hey, yeah, nothing makes sense nowadays. That new look, uh, Pac-12 or whatever, uh, or was it? Who was it? Big Ten, I guess. That uh, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. So I guess you know, whatever team, like uh, you could have uh, Florida playing Washington or something at some point uh, in the future. Who knows? I mean, if they wanted to go more west, you know, maybe talk to Oregon and, and get that brand. Involved, How about uh, Arizona State? I mean, George has gone out there for a game uh, before. No, Oregon's <laughs> got, got a little bit more to bring. Uh, Jamie Erdahl is off the CBS Sports SEC sideline uh, role as she's taken a job or already took a job with the NFL Network. Jenny Dell now will join uh, the the broadcast with Gary Danielson and uh, who's who, who does Brad, uh, Brad Esser. Yeah, how much longer is that contract? I mean, are in the ESPN taking? I think it's got, it's got a couple of years left. Maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. Are you familiar with uh, Jenny Dell's work? I don't think so. Where would I know her from? I think she might have been on CBS Sports now. Oh, okay. No. When, uh, I, I'm going to volunteer, hands raised, to go cover uh, the next Mark Rick coach game. I'll be in the uh, All Star game in Hawaii in January for high school players. Maybe uh, we could see if Rick can get maybe an Oconee County kid or. Prince Avenue kid to go to that game, so there'll be uh, double the reason to cover it. Um, but uh, it will be interesting uh, to now, see him. Uh, that's only a one-week thing. Why are you asking for three weeks uh, out there to cover it? Seems odd. Uh, I believe George is recruiting somebody uh, from Memphis, <laughs> Samoa, so I'll be, I'll be extending the trip gotcha. uh, to check that out. Hey, uh, I think I remember way back in the day, Mark Rick was supposed to go out there to coach an all-star game as well, but that was going to be like an NFL uh, all-star game for college prospects, I believe. And he canceled because he was trying to keep Rodney Gardner from going somewhere else. Maybe it was back to Auburn. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was such a big deal that he's like, I got to stay home and, and work on Rodney. Interesting. So uh, maybe it wasn't just Rodney, maybe it was someone else as well. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, Jack Bowerly, I think that also came after our last podcast. Longtime Georgia swimming coach has retired. It does feel like it was 20 years ago that that announcement came down, but you knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, or did we talk about that? I don't think yeah, we, we talked about it on a, on a previous podcast. I mean, I know it has been a while. I mean, we all took our vacations and uh, all that stuff, all right. but but that was one of the yeah. last things we talked about, yeah. If we did talk about it, let me just say, uh, hope, hope retirement is going pretty well, Jack. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> did you get, did you get uh, yourself some Bruce Springsteen tickets? Uh, no. No, I mean, I'm... Uh, one, I probably wouldn't pay ten bucks for a Bruce Springsteen ticket, and two, I uh, definitely wouldn't pay the prices that I've seen uh, that whole controversy. Mm-hmm. You going? All right, well, I did get some tickets. Uh, yeah, it's at State Farm Arena for like late summer oh, okay. uh, after he goes to Europe or something. But uh, yeah, I'll go. I don't know how many more uh, many more times we'll see uh, Mr. Springsteen uh, around uh, doing uh, these kind of concert tours. So. Uh, I think it'll be a couple weeks uh, after the national championship celebration for Georgia again, right? Isn't that <laughs> scheduled every year now? Yeah. Go ahead and mark your calendars, yeah. yeah. All right. We will be back, I think. Right, Ryan? Next week? Let's hope so.
Hey, everyone. Uh, good to be back with podcasts. And uh, check us out uh, in Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts and uh, give a reviews. Uh, appreciate that as well. And uh, we'll have a lot to talk about from the practice field uh, coming up next week. Have a good one, everyone. See ya.